This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now to turn our attention to China.、Mm, several issues we're going to be discussing today from what to expect from Chinese President Xi Jinping and US President Joe Biden's virtual summit to the future of China and Japan's diplomatic ties and a toned down singles day affair.、Uh, to give us an analysis of these headlines, we're joined by Tan Donway, China Bureau Chief at the Straits Times. Now, Don, U.S.、Uh, President Joe Biden and、uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping, of course, having that virtual summit this morning. Tensions between the two countries are deepening, and this comes after the competing superpowers, of course, surprised many last week. They issued a joint declaration to address climate change at these talks in Glasgow, Scotland. Thing is, many have had low expectations of this summit. What do you think is likely to happen here? What really can be achieved? Are we perhaps one step closer、uh, to the U? U.S. removing trade war tariffs. Perhaps this is a way for President Xi to cement his power in China. Hi. Good morning. So this is the third time that the two leaders are speaking. The first time was in February, and the second time in September. But those were just phone calls. This time they're meeting face to face via video link. So that adds significance to the meeting. The U.S. has said the main aim of the call is to see how. The two sides can manage competition responsibly, and not let it spiral into conflict. Mr. Biden is expected to raise concerns over, for instance, China's trade practices, its support for state-owned enterprises, human rights issues, and also the growing military pressure that China is exerting on Taiwan. On China's side. Although the government has not been as forthcoming about what Mr. C plans to discuss with Mr. Biden, there are expectations that Taiwan will be top on the agenda, and Mr. C will likely ask for an assurance from Mr. Biden that he will abide by the U.S.'s One China policy, and Mr. Biden will also want to seek an assurance from Mr. C that there should be peace and security. In the Taiwan Strait, Mr. C could also bring up the issue of the U.S. tariffs, which is a sore point for China. Although, I don't see how Mr. Biden will agree to remove it if he doesn't get what he wants, which is China doing something about its trade practices, which the U.S. says is unfair. They will also likely talk about areas of cooperation, such as on climate change issues. The consensus among analysts is that there will likely be no concrete outcomes from the meeting, but at least the two sides recognize that they need to talk to prevent the rivalry from escalating into a conflict. As for your question about Mr. C's power, well, he is already cemented his power with the adoption of his historical resolution last week. So this meeting is much more about possibly coming up with some rules of engagement if they are to be competing with each other. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode.
We're on the line with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Don, next issue, the stakes growing higher as China and Japan mark their 50th anniversary of diplomatic ties next year. This happens just days before China holds its 20th National Party Congress in October. So we've seen China and Japan having to, you know, their own set of tensions recently. Uh, but moving forward, Don, will these tensions actually affect diplomatic ties between the two nations? I mean, will China use Japan as some sort of a punching bag to stoke nationalist uh, fervor for the occasion. What are your thoughts on this? I do think that both sides would prefer to use the occasion of the 50th anniversary to improve the rocky bilateral relationship, because how else should neighbors coexist if not peacefully? We saw a thaw in the relationship under former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, and President Xi Jinping was supposed to make his first date visit uh, to Japan in April last year. But then COVID happened, and during the earlier days of the pandemic, China reached out to Japan and offered to send face masks and medical supplies. But public sentiment in Japan towards China has been very poor especially with the COVID outbreak. And politicians in Japan are, of course, under quite a lot of domestic pressure in how to deal with China. Meanwhile, China has also been unhappy with Japan for a host of things, from its decision to release wastewater from Fukushima to Japan's participation in the Quad to Japan's alignment with the U.S. and its constant piping up over China's human rights record and over Taiwan. And the territorial dispute over the Senkaku Islands or Diaoyutai remains a sticking point. How both sides treat the 50th anniversary of diplomatic ties next year will depend on whether there's movement on these fronts and whether U.S.-China rivalry is at at that point in time. Another issue is also whether Japan will support China or Taiwan to join the CPTPP trade pact. Now, Don, something else uh, that we've been talking about on this show, especially last week, was Singles Day. And we know that Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba's Singles Day, obviously known for being the world's biggest online shopping extravaganza, but this year quite toned down as uh, Beijing cracks down on businesses and, of course, as economic growth slows as well. Apparently, sales for the 11-day event rose at their slowest rate since it was launched in 2009. I understand just up 8.5% on last year. Uh, To what extent is this perhaps one of the side effects of the Chinese government's rapid moves to impose those tough new rules on the country's internet giants? And to what extent could the slowest rate increase be due to consumers, of course, being wary of their purchases due to the economic recovery of China also showing signs of losing steam, Dawn? Well, Alibaba and the other tech giants have become more considered and less splashy in the wake of an intense crackdown where we saw the Chinese government go after them for anti-competitive moves, um, inappropriately collecting personal data, misrepresentation, unfair pricing and so on. And social media platforms like Xiaohongshu have also gotten into trouble for promoting lavish lifestyles. So the authorities are watching closely what these companies are doing. And coupled with that is this common prosperity campaign that President Xi has launched to narrow the widening income and wealth gap in the country. There's been a lot of propaganda about this drive in state media in China, and that could have perhaps reined the merchants and have had some effect on consumers. 
But yes, consumption has been somewhat soft and China's economic recovery has also been somewhat uneven because of the global situation and also because of power shortages at home and a rash of COVID outbreaks in the country. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Thanks a lot, Don, for taking the time to speak with us. We'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.